0: Good evening and welcome to College Success For You. This is Professor Soriano, your host from Seton Hall University and Keene University. I hope you tune in every week and listen to some insightful commentary about the tips and tricks your mama never told you about college life. our first podcast, I think, is apropos to begin the year. And this is uh, mostly for freshmen, but it's also for returning students because sometimes we forget what we need to do to be successful and how we have to navigate the ins and outs of college living with the work, the social activities, and all the other things that come around with it. So here is some advice from three students. Um, I like to think of this as um, the ideas they never told you about in orientation. So, uh, a little more realistic, uh, <laughs> realistic commentary from three of the students. Now, the first student tells us that she's established good relationships with the majority of her professors, and will admit that she did go into college thinking that she had to perfect my her first impressions with them. You know, and just be, you know, right on top of everything, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. Well, that really doesn't work. <clears throat> you really have to relax and try to be yourself. Uh, and things start to shape up for you. And you'll you'll come around and see that everyone else is feeling the same way. And then after a while, that just passes through. So she says, I think I've come to realize over the course of the semester that my relationships with my professors are not determined by a first-time meeting with them. Rather, I have built and developed a relationship with professors over time, and I found that not every single professor will always suit or meet my expectations. And that's a good point to remember because everyone is different, and it's just like being in high school or being in any, any corporate environment or work environment. You know, some people you're going to warm up to and some people you're not, and vice versa. And that's, part of, that's just part of being aware of how things operate. And that's a healthy point of view. You can't make everybody happy. You can't make everybody sad. You, you do what you can do. She continues and says, it's important to remember that while you are hoping for a professor that you like, they are probably thinking similarly uh, similarly about the students. It's a two-way street. But as long as you maintain respect for them, I have no doubt that they would do the same in return. Sometimes building a rapport with with professors will not always go your way, nor will it always result in either party instantly liking each other. Basically, all I am saying is that you don't always have to like someone personally to succeed academically. A very strong point. I mean, you're going to college, the professors are teaching college, the job is, is, is to learn. To learn as much as you can to do as well as you can you know it's uh forming relationships with your professors as friends i think um is a little bit out of reach after all they're about 30 or 40 years older than you i don't think you want to hang out with them um well, what would you do sit around your little pink slippers and read novels i don't think that that'll go over very well um Base as long as you can respect them, they will respect you, she goes on. And therefore, first impressions are not going to make or break your relationship with professors. That is unless you do something stupid, laughing out loud. Now, what she means by doing something stupid, I'm not sure. That could fall into many categories, like handing your work in late all the time. That's going to raise a red flag. Um constantly asking what the assignments are when they're posted on Blackboard or when they're posted online, that's going to annoy some people. So it's best to, you know, pay attention in class, you know, write it down in a little notebook if you have to. Um, Just be aware of your surroundings. Uh, You know, being a professor, I get frustrated when students continually ask me the same question, like what was the homework? What page was it on? What book is it on Or, or what book is it in? It's all in the syllabus. Um, So many people, uh, especially freshmen, are not used to using the syllabus. But the syllabus lists every assignment and every date that an assignment is due, whether it be a reading assignment, a writing assignment, a discussion, group work. And so once you get used to looking at the syllabus and you start piecing it together with what's going on in class, you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And things will go a lot more smooth in class for you and the professor. And basically for the whole class, If you get enough people, you know, falling in line with how it really works in a college classroom. Now, the second student, she has uh, something else to add to this. And the question is, is going to the career center often as well as attending the career fair important as a freshman? a good question because freshmen are not always aware of this. But as a freshman, I think it would be very advantageous to attend career fairs. Just because you're a freshman doesn't mean that uh, that in three years or two and a half years, you're not gonna graduate and you need some contacts and see what's going on in the outside world. This is definitely a question that can be up for debate because on the one hand, the student says, You would think being a freshman means just exploring your options in college, but on the other hand, I believe it is important to get your foot in the door career-wise. If I could redo my freshman year, I would definitely go to the Career Center more often, as it is a great tool that is not just open to upperclassmen. Additionally, I believe that it can be manageable to explore college in general while also investing some time into seeking information and advice from the career center. So this gives you like a little hands up on what's going on, let's say in your, well, in your career or your chosen career, or in the field in which your career uh, is going to place you. These events, the student goes on, hold absolutely no pressure for freshmen since you are still new in college. However, talking to employers shows that you are interested as well as providing you with good practice for future times. In other words, it is good and beneficial to practice your interviewing skills, writing your resume, practicing your elevator pitch, and just getting used to networking in general. Ultimately, it is up to the student whether or not he or she would like to get involved in going to the Career Center and exploring these career tools provided at college. But I would definitely recommend this, and you have nothing to lose from it anyway. Again, some good advice from uh, a, a person who's who's been there. Um, it's always a good idea to talk to people in the interested field that you think you want to pursue. You may not have a definite goal as, as to a specific career, but I think when you're a freshman, you have a general idea of what direction you want to go in, be it like, say, communications or or medicine or law. And so it's always good to meet people, especially on your way up the so-called education ladder. So they get to know you, you get to know them. You never know when things pop up and opportunities pop up. So in a way, you'd be creating your future in the here and now, or at least a part of your future in the here and now. So, uh, again, as she said, it can't hurt. Our next student gives the advice on, should I totally change up the way I study when I get to college? Good question. Do we study like we study in high school, which means we memorize as much as possible, and whatever we memorize, we hope is on the test. And then there's always a chance that we... uh, have a poor short-term memory and don't remember anything or we freeze up because we didn't study enough or we studied as we did in high school. So in high school, when I taught high school, I used to tell my students, studying is not memorizing. When you try to memorize things, you're just putting information into your brain. You're not doing anything with it. You're not connecting the information to something that's more concrete and more realistic. Or how one piece of information relates to another piece of information that relates to a third piece of information so not all your tests are going to be multiple choice or fill in the blanks or matching or you know true or false i mean you could basically throw that out the window most of the your quizzes or tests are going to be written either short answers you know paragraph form essays short research paper maybe a longer research paper so you really have to know how how information or how pieces of information relate to one another so again just looking at a book and 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 watching your eyes fall out is not going to be of much help because you're just going to rely on memory rather than understanding or application application meaning how does this information apply To the general ideas that i'm studying and how do those general ideas apply to the real world or to my field of study whatever it is in my opinion regardless of how successful you were in high school you need to readjust when you get to college but that does not mean your study habits were poor then they just need some fine tuning when balancing all the courses in college it is important to develop concrete habits that you won't be tempted to break. In my case, I took eight courses in my fall semester, but it was manageable because I learned how to study in college. I got out of high school. I got out of my high school study habits. Not that they were too terrible, but, they, but there was room for improvement and adjustment since college is, of course, an entirely different education. For example, in my English class, I had to completely restructure the way i wrote my essays in that i would break them apart and do a little at a time rather than trying to accomplish the entire essay in say two weeks regarding my other classes i had to prioritize the things i needed to get done with the other responsibilities commitments that come with attending college such as student work clubs uh, social events sporting events Change the very minute habits that have come from high school in order to effectively study at college. Having a plan ahead of time for how to study each subject, committing to a serious study group, seeking help when needed. And there's some podcasts on that how to seek help and how to pursue, you know, getting this extra help at no cost to you, and eliminating all other distractions and habits that I had to accustom myself to. Even the places I would study had changed once I got to college. Picking a spot in the library where I would always go helps to reinforce a good mindset that prevents distractions when studying. There are little cubicles in in the college library. And, and so there's some soundproof rooms too that you could go to if you're the type of person that needs that nice quiet kind of environment. All of these adjustments that I have made, I would definitely recommend for any incoming freshman or college student. However, not everyone studies the same, so these are just my two cents, or this is just my two cents, but they are certainly not the official way to study. So again, you know, keep in mind that the the study habits in college are definitely different. So in high school, maybe I would assign 25, maybe 40, pages of text to read a night uh, or maybe every other night uh, as an English in an English class because I'm an English professor in college uh, I would ask them to to finish a novel within one week and some of my quizzes would be oh anywhere from a half a page type to a full page typed, uh, because we're, we're asking for more we're, we're really challenging you to you know, expand your mind and expand your thinking. And, and, and what that does is is it it expands your individuality. So it's, it's, it's really important to know that when you step into that college classroom, it's going to be different. You know, they're going to ask more of you, but it's for your benefit. So don't look at it the other way and go, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm, I'm so afraid. All right. Fourth bit of advice. Is it common for students to not find new friends immediately? And this is a good question because, you know, now you're coming from a high school and, and you've probably gone through that whole or most of that education system with the same students day in and day out. Um, you know, once, uh, once you graduate from high school, it's like the shotgun effect. Everybody scatters to different parts of the country. And now you're in a new environment. So that's going to cause stress. And that's normal. That's definitely a normal reaction, uh, and and knowing that it's normal allows you to feel the stress. It's not, you know, the stress is not going to like overwhelm you and knock you knock you on your socks, knock your socks off. But it is something that's going to be there. So you just admit that you have it, because they all have it. You should see the first day of class when I walk in the room. Solemn faces. Some of them not looking at me, some of, the, some of them hiding in the back of the room, but I do some, you know, breaking the ice activities and I, I get them moving around the room and throwing these like furry balls at each other and <laughs> repeating their names and uh, giving information about what they like outside of an educational environment, what kind of activities that they enjoy, you know, real life activities other than academics. So that gives everybody a chance to get to know each other. And then I hit them with the syllabus and watch them frown. But, you know, at least we break the ice nicely. So, is it common for students to not find new friends immediately? And this student says, of course. College, in my opinion, does not always meet the expectations you have before starting. What you hear from others may hold true to them. But that doesn't mean it will be the same for you. Very strong point. You are your own captain. You are going to have your own experiences, and those experiences are valuable to you. However, as cheesy and cliche as it sounds, if you put yourself out there, I guarantee you will find your group of friends. I think the idea that students will befriend everyone in literally the first few days is quite absurd and is definitely a false preconceived notion which is painted by college advertisements television shows, and movies. Yes, aren't we all happy? The world is great. We all eat strawberries and jam, and we smile every day because we're just plain happy. And that's what the media does to us. It shrinks our brains. So the student continues. Maybe this does hold true for some students, and it's possible it could because everyone is different. But in my case, as well as many other freshman situations, it is definitely not true. Besides, there is so much to take in when you first arrive at college that it would be, again, just in my opinion, very overwhelming to try to immediately make friends with as many people as you can. Well, Maybe you should just walk around campus and tap people on the shoulder and say, do you want to be friends? Do you want to be friends? Can I be friends with you? I don't think that will work too well. But again, it might work for some people. I'm not sure. When I was in the army, it did work for uh, Tommy Alonzo, but he was a strange dude. All right. Anyway, (laughs) of course, I think it is great to have a large circle of friends, but to feel pressured to do that in the first week of school is kind of insane, laughing out loud. When you first arrive, there is usually a weekend where most colleges will set activities up for you to become more familiar with everything, as well as to start making friends. Don't forget, you will still have to focus on starting classes, getting used to studying, and seeking mentorship advice. So all in all, there will be a lot for you to preoccupy yourself with. Making friends comes with the entire college experience in which you might develop relationships through your classes, through your clubs, eating out together, dorming social uh, other social events or athletic events but this all doesn't have to be a rush it can come with time and enjoyment so don't feel like you have to make friends immediately in order to fit in because i guarantee from my own experience as a first year student that the friends you end up with will come with patience and put in yourself out there and we have one or two more of these. So, so far, some good advice. Um, As I said, especially for freshmen, but, you know, for sophomores and juniors, too. There's some wisdom in these words. What can I do if I feel homesick? Okay. Again, that is a normal reaction. So, if you have it, if you feel homesick, okay, admit that to yourself. Yeah, I really miss home. You know, I'm comfortable at home. The word family comes from the, the the Latin root, familia, familiar, family. Yes, you're going to miss it. You know, we think we're not going to miss it because, oh, I'm graduating high school. I got to get out of here. I got to go to college. You know, I want to get away from my town, from Bloomfield, from Cedar Grove, from Great Rapids, wherever, you know. And then when you leave home, it's like, whoa, whoa, this is a little different. I mean, I went into the army at age 17. You talk about feeling homesick. I was homesick. I tried to leave, but they wouldn't let me. They said, well, you you signed up for three years. You have to stay. And I said, oh, oh come on. <laughs> but when I made it home on my first three-day pass to the town that I grew up in, I was so glad to be there. Everything just looked familiar, and it made me feel more secure, and I never thought that I would feel that way. I thought, oh, boy, I want to get away from Bloomfield. You know, nothing going on here. Yeah, well... After two months of not being there and taking boot camp, I had a whole different perspective on home. So this student says, as a student who lives on campus yet is still close to home, my homesickness never really lasted long, nor did it necessarily affect my mental health. However, I couldn't even imagine what it's like for some of you who might be attending college across the country or even just long hours away. That being said... Although this is not something that crossed my mind, I know a lot of friends who wished they would have known more about how to handle this homesickness upon arrival. Some ways they told me how they have coped with this are daily phone calls or texts with their family and friends, good idea, distractions such as getting some homework done, watching TV, mingling with others in the residential lounges find fun activities to do with friends on weekends that's that's a biggie because on weekends everything slows down right time seems to slow down and there's not an, a, a lot of activity and that's when those thoughts come in you know what am i doing on board you know what can i do i got to do something and that's when those thoughts of homesickness come in but we're going to deal with some mental activities that could get you out of those ruts when you're in a bad mood that's part of what these podcasts are going to do but we're not going to do that tonight obviously Uh, But we will definitely get to that. Um, Find fun activities to do with friends on the weekends, club events, exploring the college downtown area. That's always a good idea. More like real life, right? Movie nights. Unless we're still, uh, you know, confined to campus. I hope not. If really homesick, talk with counselors on campus. Seton Hall has uh, what they call CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services. Use these services. You already paid for them. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, those people are here to help you, help you feel, you know, to, to work through some of some of your fears, some of your insecurities. What is wrong with one human being asking the help of another human being, a professional? You, you know, you got to think outside the box. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're, you're a baby or anything like that. It means you're a human being. Embrace that. We have weaknesses. We have strengths. It's all you. Embrace those things. Maybe ask family to come down to visit on a weekend if living only a couple hours away, or get involved as much as possible on campus so you won't ha- so you won't be as lonely and will be preoccupied with enjoyable activities. Uh, that being said, I like to use that phrase a lot. That being said, you're not allowed to use that in my English class, by the way. It's cliche. Lame. I can't can't handle it. Uh, My only piece of advice would be to not dread homesickness so much that you're even more anxious than excited when you get to college because college is supposed to be something to look forward to. Just push it to the back of your mind, and there's techniques for that that we're going to get into. When it comes up, and know that there are many resources to help you, just take it day by day. College goes by so quickly that it would be a shame to miss out on all the fun experiences, and there are so many other kids who feel this way Any anyway. You never know, you might even befriend someone who else has homesickness just like you. What is the best way to meet people? This student says, The idea of starting a new school can be overwhelming, especially when it involves going from high school to college, university. To avoid feeling overwhelmed, it's important to recognize that everyone is in the same boat as you. You're not alone if you feel somewhat lost in the sea of people. The good news is that most colleges set up some sort of orientation, welcome week, in which they hold various events. I encourage going to as many of these events as possible, even if you think you might not be interested This week is dedicated to helping you adjust to college life, so take advantage of it and use it as an opportunity to meet people. I also recommend looking into joining clubs and activities that pique your interest. Most schools hold a club fair early in the year, and this is a great way to see what your school has to offer. It's also a great way, in my opinion, to involve yourself in activities that may not be academic, you know, something fun. Uh, coin collecting, for instance, that just popped into my mind <laughs> and I guess that could be fun. Um, different kind of social events, making podcasts, building robots, you know, and anything that, that, that you like, you know, uh, playing guitar, playing piano. I mean, there, there's plenty of things to do. Things that you, that you couldn't do because you were too busy with your high school schedule. You know, moving from one class to the other every 45 minutes or every hour and 15 minutes, you know, having three minutes to pass by in the hall and then sitting down again for another hour and 15 minutes. But here you have time in between classes and you have some good chunks of days that are free. So you take advantage of those. Most importantly, the student says, stay true to yourself. Do not feel like you need to conform to what you feel like the majority is doing. Again, use your individuality. You're out of the bubble of high school. You could start exploring things that you th- that that you couldn't explore before or maybe that you were too shy to explore before. But you're away from home, you're, you're you're like a new person. So feel free to experiment. For example, if rushing a sorority or a fraternity is not for you or if rushing into one do not feel like you have to be have to because others are even if that includes the majority of your friends. Now the next topic, how do I balance my work and extracurriculars? This student claims that adjusting to the college workload can be difficult. However, establishing good planning and time management skills right from the beginning can help start you off on the right track. Now we also have some podcasts on time management skills And we'll be going over that in the next couple of weeks uh, because I want everybody to get a a good head start on that. Uh, You know as well as I, once you fall behind in a class or classes, it has a snowball effect and you start falling further behind and further behind. So time management skills is something you can learn and is a skill that everybody can use. It's not some magic formula but you have to know how to approach it and and make it work for you. And we have a, a whole separate podcast on that with some very good information. You may find that you have a lot of downtime during your day with hours between classes. It is extremely important that you put your time to good use. It can be very easy to just go and hang out with friends, but getting some work done in between classes can help lessen the stress that may occur later if you decide to put the work off as in fear of missing out, is is absolutely real, but you cannot allow it to dictate your choices. There will always be other opportunities for fun. College can be some of the best times of your life. To ensure that, you really need to understand yourself. Understand when the extra time needs to be put in and know when you need to give yourself a break. College really embodies the phrase, you get out what you put in. However, grades cannot control your entire college experience. The work will get done. Allow yourself some time for fun too. So she's talking about balance, you know, balance the two. When I was an undergrad, um, I used to get my research papers done two months ahead of time. I know many of you thought that might've been crazy, but I didn't like doing it the last week or two weeks. It was too stressful for me. So in terms of survival skills, Rather than feel all that stress and pressure, I said, I'm not gonna do this. I'm just gonna get them done early. And it worked out very well for me um, because I didn't have that pressure. I went to the library, I, I, I got the tools that I needed, the books, the articles, and I started writing the paper. And before you know it, it was done. I handed it in early and, and got decent grades with them. And I, I, I equate that because I wasn't under the pressure to rush You know, I did what's called slow thinking versus fast thinking, and there's a podcast on that. What is slow thinking? What is fast thinking? Most of us fall into the fast thinking category. Got to get things done. Got to do everything now. Got to hurry up. Got to do it. Got to do it. And uh, it doesn't work because that's when the mistakes start creeping in. Another good question brought up by some students How do I know which classes to take, how to schedule, and stay on track of my degree requirements? This student says, in all honesty, scheduling for classes has been one of the most stressful times during my college experience thus far. A lot can go into the decision. Which professor should I take? What time slot should I take the class? Am I heading on the right track? The classes that you end up taking are all specific to your major. The best thing to do to ensure that your requirements are being fulfilled is to schedule a meeting with your academic advisor. They can help you set up a four-year plan to ensure that you take all the required courses that you need to graduate. If you're undecided, that's okay too. It can be difficult to decide what you want to do right from the start. You will begin with general core classes to meet university requirements and working closely with your academic advisor to find the best fit for you. Good advice, because your academic advisor is there to help you. You could always email them, uh, give them a phone call, make a personal appointment, and uh, that's their job, to keep you on track and to make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Another question that's brought up is, how do I get used to living with a complete stranger? Very good question, right? Dorm life. If you're used to having a room all to yourself, living with another person can be a huge adjustment, this student says. A lot of schools have Facebook groups for their incoming freshmen, and that can be a great way to meet new people and find a potential roommate. Talking to potential roommates over social media can be a good foundation to start getting to know them. When you finally move in with your roommate, open communication is extremely important. It is necessary, she says, to set some ground rules and create a space to air any concerns you might have. Some things to discuss might include guests, study time, sharing, cleanliness. We also have uh, several podcasts on how to communicate effectively, how to get your point across in a humanistic manner, you know, without offending anyone or without hurting anybody's feelings, but still, you know, express express your views, and help the other person express their views. It's called Turning Toward, Turning Against, and Turning Away. And that podcast is coming up, I think, in about six or seven weeks. So let's look forward to, to that, because there's some good tips in that one. Even if they are relatively small issues, the student goes on, such as pet peeves, it may be worth mentioning in the beginning, rather than letting it build throughout the semester. I find that's a good point, too. You know. Air your views out in the open as soon as you can. You may find that your roommate becomes your best friend and that's great, but do not rely on them for everything. It can be very easy to depend on your roommate, but living, eating, and socializing with them can become overbearing very quickly. Allow yourself to branch out and meet new people. You do not have to be best friends with your roommate in most cases. It does not work out that way. You just need someone who is nice enough that you can live with with minimal conflict and vice versa how do i avoid the dreaded freshman 15 stay active (laughs) go to the gym it's free it's part of your tuition you know get your exercise in whether it's yoga whether it's martial arts whether it's uh, you know walking jogging whatever you got to keep the body in shape because that cafeteria food is filled with carbohydrates and saturated fats. So, and we're always tempted to have a good pizza. Every, I was gonna say every night, every now and then. Uh, and Dunkin' Donuts is on campus too, so you have to watch out for that. But the best thing to do is is to get enough rest and get your exercise in on a daily basis. Even if it's, uh, you know, walking around campus, I think it's about about two miles round trip. So that that's not too bad. Um, especially on a nice day. And the student also says, stay attention to your food choices. (laughs) That's a good idea. Okay. Uh, the next student says, when you go to class, these are some uh, tips on how to be successful in class and how to, uh, you know, lower the stress levels, let's say. When you go to class, be sure to sit in the front row and pay attention because it is very important. And you will do the best by doing so it will pay off in the end and your grades will be better if you pay attention regardless of how boring the class might be and again that's a good point because you're there to learn uh, not to judge whether the professor or the material is boring or not whatever the class is it's required in some way so forget about it being boring or exciting and you know put your focus on on what you need to do um Research over the past 30 years, uh, educational research, has consistently, I mean consistently, shown that if you go to class regularly, if you pay attention and follow the assignments, you will do much better compared to someone who kind of slacks off. And there's no doubt about that. And I've been teaching 45 years, and I can attest to that myself with with thousands of students. Uh, He also says, be sure to get involved on campus. Not only is this good for your social life, but it is also good for your resume. And you can learn leadership skills that will benefit you in the future. Point number three from this student. Before your first day of classes, be sure to print out your schedule and the title of your textbooks. Make sure you know where your classes are located before class starts. Do this during the weekend before. And that's a good idea because there's plenty of maps, uh, on campus and you could even go online and get a map, but I, I like the big maps. They have the big concrete looking maps, you know, right out in front of the buildings and you could chart your little course, make a game out of it, make it a little adventure. Oh, Monday's adventure is going to be, you know, and I'm going to follow this path and I'm going to walk past building a, I'm going to walk past building B, you know, make it a little game and have your map ready on, on the days of your classes. Um, You don't want to be running around trying to find the building and the room numbers on the day of class and then you walk into class late. That gives the professor a little bit of a negative impression. Um, You know, why do that? Um, It's it's just not good form. (laughs) You know, get the class, you know, be on time. You'll have plenty of time to get there because you don't have to worry about high school. Oh, I got to get there in three or four minutes between classes. There's 15 minutes between classes. And some of your classes will be the first class of the day. So there, there should be no reason for being late. Uh, he also says, don't be afraid to ask for help and seek out the resources offered on campus. Don't be embarrassed because every single freshman is in the same boat as you. And it's probably just as nervous. So don't hold back on asking questions. Going to the Academic Resource Center, talking with your advisors, professors during their office hours. That's another good tip you know everyone is in the same boat in the sense that the first day of class first week you're going to be a little bit nervous and again that's part of your human nature all right uh, we look at it as a weakness oh i can't be i can't be nervous i, I can't show my nervousness you know the bottom line is who cares it's it, you're there for you so if you're a little nervous you're a little apprehensive about finding a building you could ask uh, no harm done I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Again, we're all human beings and we all have the same, the same fears, the same you know, same kinds of goals, the same, the same kind of desires. Uh, he also says, take the syllabus seriously, read them through, ask questions when necessary, and make sure to add any important dates, deadlines for assignments, exams, club meetings onto your calendar because you don't want to miss anything or fall behind. So that's it for this podcast. Um, we went over a lot of different topics for incoming freshmen and sophomores and juniors. Again, there's a lot of wisdom in these, in these uh, explanations because they come right from students who have gone through it. So make sure we're stay tuned for next week's podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about the observer or witness inside us and once we get a handle on what that means and how we could create good moods create clear thinking rather than remain in states of nervousness or stress you'll find that you could apply the witness observer concept to almost everything you do well in fact everything you do but you'll have to wait until next week thank you Well, that about wraps it up for tonight. I hope you enjoyed listening to College Success for You. I'm your host, Professor John Soriano, coming to you from Seton Hall University and Kane University. I hope to uh, see you all next week, or rather, have you all tune in next week for another episode of some insightful commentary about college. Have a good evening.